What's up, y'all? It's your girl, Catherine Catnack, Kit Kat. Oh, snap, it's Cat42 on Instagram, but never Kathy, okay? Welcome to First Generation. We're back at it again with my boy, CJ. What's going on? It's your favorite uncle cousin, CJ. We here with it. We're live. We have a great conversation coming up today, submitted by your questions on Instagram. Come on with the come on. About love. This is pretty cool because, you know, Valentine's Day is tomorrow. So, what is love to you? Um, love for me. Woo! I grew up super religious. Um, yeah, I like, there's like a difference between religious and super religious. Mm-hmm. Religious is like, yeah, I go to church, I read the Bible. Super religious is like, my, my parents try to have Bible study with the family at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Thursdays we go there to church to Bible study. And then Saturday, Sunday, we spend our whole days over there, right? And we're not Seventh-day Adventists. So, I preface with that because my first explained definition of love was love is long-suffering in the Bible, Mm. right? Um, And seeing my parents um, and their generation's relationships, it definitely seemed like it. It was like, Mm -hmm. all right, cool. Like, when you love somebody, you just hold them down no matter what. So, like, that was my first understanding of what love is. Now, love to me is very simple. It's the, the active support so the active support of someone's progression yeah Mm. so the active support of somebody's growth or progression is what i believe and what i understand love is um it's like very different than the whole romanticized feeling that i grew up seeing and and understanding apart from um long-suffering so it was like cool if i love somebody i should hold them down no matter what and it's going to be painful like that Mm. was my idea of it now it's more so um in whatever means i can support somebody to grow um Mm. and that may mean me being in pain and it also may be causing somebody else pain Mm. right um causing the person i love pain because they need to be uncomfortable to grow right uncomfortability um, and growth go hand in hand. Right. Uh, so yeah, that's the, like, like the very grand, uh, definition of love is for me. Uh, that so makes yeah. sense. I think it's important that you describe your first introduction to love. Yeah. Because sometimes that's really what it takes, understanding the root of where it came from. Because similarly for me, my first introduction to love was through God and through church, Mm -hmm. right? I learned that God's love is unconditional for people, right? And so throughout my life, it's always been like, well, if God's love is unconditional, then why do we do this? Mm -hmm. Why do we do that? Um, Why do you get upset about things when you know at the end of the day, like, God still loves you? Mm. So for me that Mm. plays a role in how I interact with people that I'm like just realizing now like I believe so much that love is unconditional and that somebody can give it to everybody Mm. that I just like naturally just do that like I'll give my love to everybody to the point where like people will be like do you even really love me Mm. do you even really care about me if you love everybody if you believe you have unconditional love how much love do you actually give me? How much love do you... You know what I mean? Mm. And sometimes I used to get angry. I used to be like, man, you're so selfish. Yeah. How dare you try to put a quantity of how much love I'm able to give you versus another person mm. when in my mind, God has already given everybody all the love that he has. Yeah. 
but there's that back and forth that like I've like experienced when it comes to that first introduction of what is love. But like now you enter society, you see the way things are shaping, things like that. But let's get into these questions. Yeah. Let's get into these questions. Um, what do we got first up? Um what matters more emotional stability or financial stability? Who asked that question? I didn't leave no names next to anybody. <laughs> That's good. I'm glad I didn't. Um, what matters more, emotional stability or financial stability? For me, emotional stability matters more because in the long run, we can have a lot of money or we can have nothing, but we'll still always be there for each other. Yeah. And that, And that's very important for me because... You know, life is a roller coaster. Things go up, things go down, but at the end of the day, like, you really got to be there for the person you're with. Or at least you want to try to be there for the person you're with. Versus, like, financial stability. I could be rich today and broke tomorrow. You going to leave me? (laughs) But for men, they have the societal standard of having to be the breadwinners of the family. And though we're in a feminist era where women can do whatever they want, it is y'all still, pick and choose, so <laughs> you know, y'all definitely. I <laughs> pick and choose. I won't lie about that. <laughs> Will I say the general public does? I don't know. Hurry. I can't speak for them. Hurry. I pick and choose. <laughs> I will admit it. But yeah, genuinely, like you know, with men having to be breadwinners, I have grown to understand why financial stability is important to them. Where? What about you? Um. I mean, yeah, man. Haitian, you know what I'm saying? Uh, black, right? Mm-hmm. A guy, by the way. <laughs> um, and I mention all these things because each one of those have certain ideas that I learned because I, I have those identities. Mm-hmm. Um, so the whole breadwinner thing, the whole provider, the whole, yo, you got to get it, um, was definitely instilled in me. Um and like I'm cool with it like yeah, yeah right um so I say that to preface not having the experience that the life experience I do now even when I was younger it was on some like she doesn't have to have financial stability mm-hmm. like that's not a thing that I think about mm-hmm. I thought about right where it's like yeah like if you rock me you rock me like that's mm-hmm. cool like I'm gonna get it regardless mm-hmm. so the whole like financial stability thing was never in the picture um and there's one more yeah boom um similarly to you like and this is like uh more more of my mature thoughts more of my more mature thoughts uh which is understanding the intangibles of life right Mm -hmm. and how love is one of those Mm -hmm. right um again it was my first experience with that was with my family where it's like like holidays or events or whatever the case may be like being in that room and just being like wow like i'm fortunate yeah like like I'm really, really fortunate to have this around me, right? Mm-hmm. Growing up in a two-parent household, I'm fortunate. Like mm-hmm. sitting around with my family at the dinner table, mm-hmm. right? Like moments like that. Um, that's all emotion. That's like money literally cannot buy that. So, yeah, man, emotional, emotional stability is definitely more important to me. 
though. If you got yours, it's lit. Yeah. You know what I'm <laughs> it's definitely it's definitely fire too. If you, you know what I'm saying. You're not wrong about if that. If you can support yourself in some more. Uh, do you want to ask a question? We're right here. Okay. So the next question that we have been asked is, how do you feel about interracial slash intercultural relationships? <laughs> Sorry. I think you should answer this question first. All right. All right. Uh, man, do you, because, like, high key in conversations like this, uh, where it's, like, who you date, you know what I'm saying? Like, what you do with the person you date, like, where you want to be with the person you date, like, honestly, nine times out of ten, and 99% of the time, it has nothing to do with me. So I don't care. Like, I don't care. Like, why am I going to be so concerned with somebody else's life, right? Intercultural relationships, I think, are lit. Um, I, it's not something to like, oh, I prefer being an intercultural, intercultural uh, relationship. Uh, I think if it happens, um, I think it's really interesting because with first generations, uh, for, like being first generation American, mm-hmm. uh, we are in real time creating a new culture, right? right. Like carrying new culture, new narrative. I understand when you're in an intercultural relationship, you're doing the same thing, um, mm-hmm. especially if uh, there are offspring in that relationship as well, uh, because now they get to develop their own sense of cool. I have these two strong um, traditions and influences to pull from mm-hmm. how am I going to express myself through these and mm-hmm. they have just they literally just have more to pull from mm-hmm. um, which I think is amazing um, yeah so that's that's my take on intercultural uh, interracial relationships oh boom in the northeast I think it's like a thing like <laughs> to be an interracial yeah man I've I think it's that. like a thing thing where it's like niggas is swirling all around or whatever the case may be and that's cool um, I would like Selfishly, I would like to see more uh, black love where it's like black people together. Uh, maybe y'all are out there and I'm just not in the right spaces. Um, but yeah, I definitely I definitely realize that's a thing, especially after people who aren't from here come up here and like, what, like where are the black couples? You know? Yeah. Um, or like going into spaces and being like... And normalizing interracial relationships more so... And then seeing a black couple and be like, oh, word, yo, it's a black couple. You know what I'm saying? Like, having the black couples be the outlier more than the interracial relationships. Um, That's my experience with living in the Northeast. Um, Yeah. Shout out to the person who asked this question and made the distinct difference between intercultural relationships and interracial relationships. Word. Because it is a big difference. For intercultural relationships, I think as a first-generation American, it's important to recognize that we're in a melting pot. Yeah. So, in some spaces, it's harder to find people that have the same culture as you already. Yeah. And in being able to learn so much about other cultures. So, I love intercultural relationships. I've been in an in, 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 in intercultural relationship and, you know, just appreciated the ability to learn and understand somebody else's culture. For interracial relationships, I agree with you. Do you? My thing with it is just understanding that when you're in an interracial relationship, understand why you're there. Yeah. Like, make sure you're there for the love or whatever you're trying to build. None of my business, but if you're asking me for my view, I definitely have, like, feelings about interracial relationships that are based off the negative expressions towards people of your own culture. Mm. Or own race. 
and the whole like fetishization of like oh I want to be with this person because this race is fill in the blank yeah yeah man just super uncomfortable but if you love it I like it 99% of the time it ain't have a damn thing to do with me <laughs> so I don't really care man um yeah what's your uh what's your ideal date man the ideal date for me is sports games museums not the movies food food there it is question um i'm gonna break this down into two so if money wasn't an uh, uh a thing mm-hmm. what would your ideal date like take you through the day um and if you had to spend under a hundred dollars for the day what would it be if i had to spend under a hundred dollars for a date for... i would probably spend it on food <laughs> like, uh... i would probably want to go get something to eat some seafood i know some good spaces under a hundred dollars like we can get cuban food Word. we can get haitian food Word. we can get all three based on my budget like Jeez. i can eat and I'll make sure we have enough under $100. Urge, urge, urge. Yeah. If money wasn't a thing? Yeah. So you did the under $100. What if, like, unlimited budget, you could do whatever you wanted? Unlimited budget? Yeah. Oh, I'd leave the state with the swiftness. If I had an unlimited budget for a date, I'd leave the state. I, like, love Boston. Boston is great. But I would absolutely take that time to go explore somewhere else. Word. Like, if I'm exploring a new person, let's just explore a whole new space together. Word. That would be a lot of fun. What about you? Um, I'm, I'm a pretty just, like, like low-maintenance dude, man. Um, I'm not too with the whole people thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, I mean, like, the only spot I'll be... The only spot I'll be in a large crowd or something is like a concert. Mm. Uh, everything else, I'm like not with. Yeah, I'm not with it. So I say all that to say, uh, like for me, the most important thing is just like conversation. Like we're we're here to together to like understand each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so like we could really be doing nothing, like sitting at a bench and like really talking. If the conversation is there, then it's there. You know, um, I think that's important to me because anything we do after that is going to be enjoyable because we know we can talk to each other that's real right so yeah ideal first date if money wasn't a thing yeah similar to you um i'm out of here right i'll do the same thing that i would in boston but like all over the world so i'll be like all right cool pick a spot like uh new jersey like no <laughs> no way. <laughs> Think bigger. Um, uh, Chile, no cool. Let's do that. Uh, swing to Chile. BS over there. Like find things to do, um, and like it may not be things we enjoy, mm-hmm. uh, but the company to see if I can enjoy the company, even though I'm not enjoying what I'm doing at that moment. Yeah. So like. Um, like travel and see a whole bunch of stuff mm-hmm. um yeah stuff like that like That's again cool. really really low maintenance really really low like i just want to the whole point of seeing people is like getting to know them yeah um so as long as we can do that 
like past the getting to know the phase like all right cool like let's do something like like i already know you cuz like let's do something um so i think that's that's different i like that all right what other questions we got loaded up we have qualms with premarital sex man Mm. kudos for whoever used the word qualms man i like that word you know um so boom My qualms with premarital sex is the lack of conversations that's actually had with individuals that are looking to engage in premarital sex. The biggest thing is people that are learning about premarital sex, whether it's religiously or personally, there's not enough of a conversation. There's not enough of a conversation about sex. There's not enough of a conversation about who you're having sex with. There's not a conversation at all which puts people in positions where after they have sex they become guilty and there just needs to be more of a conversation and i think because it doesn't happen there's more of that guilt there's more of you know young women young men experiencing these lash outs or breakouts after having sex which is a thing that like Word. people have their hormones you know teenagers have these hormones college students have these hormones grown adults have these hormones but nobody's willing to have the conversation about what they do with it and really sitting with them to discipline them through that process. Hmm. Yeah. What about you? Um, I think, first and foremost, safety, because premarital sex and sex in general, you just got to be safe with it. You know what I'm saying? Um, don't be silly and wrap your willies, guys. <laughs> you know? um, and it's not even just the physical protection as well. It's understanding... Um, that whether you're spiritual or not you if somebody's having a bad day and you're having a conversation with them you start to feel that bad day mm-hmm. let alone you sharing bodily fluids and sharing an intimate moment um whether it's emotional or not with mm-hmm. somebody else you guys are sharing energies right so being able to protect yourself in that sense and being like hey do I really want to engage with this person right there's a there's something i've um come across that pointed out you're when you're having sex with somebody you're not having just sex with them you're having sex with them and all of their past partners in regards of that energy exchange Mm -hmm. right um yeah man just protecting yourself from that um i think that's first and foremost um secondly um a conversation of what does this sex currently mean to each other mm-hmm. right y'all don't have to be on the same page but i think it's important to understand what page you guys are on mm-hmm. um and that's like super idealistic uh but like really easy to do like mm-hmm. hey like what does this mean to you mm-hmm. um and it's a daunting conversation nonetheless uh but it could it is very beneficial to have uh but like qualms with it is more so when it's used as a tool um like oh i can be in this person's life longer even though i know i shouldn't be uh because i don't want to or they they don't they don't want me to like there's an inclusion that inclination of they don't want you to mm-hmm. um but using good sex as a form to keep people around you um i think that's 
divisive and like ultimately not gonna end up in a cool place um other qualms i have premarital sex um but i don't really have many man like my whole thing is like bro i like to test drive cars so like mm -hmm. why why not do that um in the same breath um i don't really believe in the institution of marriage in the to begin with mm -hmm. um so that's a that's a thing yeah. leads into the next question right yes and the next question being should there be an alternative to marriage that's up to y'all yeah. <laughs> honestly truly that is solely solely up to y'all and high key there definitely is an alternative to to marriage man right like you know common law They'll yeah. mark you as married after five or ten years. Six years. Six, six years, years living with somebody, yeah. Okay. You don't have to go through the whole papers and process. I mean, yeah. it definitely helps with things like taxes. And if yes, you're trying to go back to school, it definitely is a little bit cheaper yes, if you're sir. married. But <laughs> not to deter from the fact that, like, there are alternatives. Like, I think marriage is such a american society type thing and maybe like a global thing but like very big in american culture that you marry this one person and engage in a monogamous relationship yeah. for the rest of your life and it's becoming more of a thing that people are just not interested in doing that and if you're interested in testing other things do that just be 110 percent honest with the person that you're with about how you're trying to move mm. yeah man i think I think the alternative to marriage is a relationship, you know? So you're trying to court somebody at that point, mm -hmm. right? You're trying to get somebody, for lack of better words, right? Mm -hmm. um, on both parties. And once you're together, you're no longer trying to, to get them and you're trying to keep them. That's the situation you're in. Mm -hmm. And I think the next level, and I've seen from um, my life experiences, you stop trying to keep the person after you get married because at that point you have them forever mm -hmm. uh so i think just being in a relationship with somebody your entire life i I don't believe you're gonna stay at the place of like you're gonna you're gonna continue trying to keep them um but there's more like there's more uh leverage to break up right mm -hmm. To break up with somebody, you, you're only in a relationship. All you literally have to say is, I'm breaking up with you. Mm -hmm. To divorce somebody in marriage, there's a whole process to go with. Right. right? So that's a deterrent rather than your emotions. Um, so, yeah, I think, like, just being with somebody is an alternative to marriage. Mm -hmm. um, I think just straight up being with somebody, like, just being in a committed relationship and committed is on your terms like defining the terms of what a committed relationship looks like and living in that um is for me like a lit alternative um to 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 marriage mm -hmm. um yeah i don't really like the whole thing with marriage is um i'm not i'm not buying it man mm -hmm. I'm, I'm like really not buying it um, what makes you not buy it though? Because I think for some people, they don't buy the idea of marriage because they're not interested in fully having to deal with. There's like the whole government side of it, and then there really is just commitment, like having to be that committed to somebody, that bound, quote unquote, to somebody in regards to 
you know, the rest of your life. Yeah. I think I think if I'm going to be committed to somebody for the rest of my life, I don't have to say it. Like, hmm. that's, you just move in that, you know? Right. Um, and yeah, for like, uh, like, the security reasons is like, cool, like, I could express this to you um, on both parties, right? But like, stuff happened. Even in uh, marriages where it's supposed to, we have in the United States a super high divorce rate. Mm-hmm. So these people who said, oh, I'm going to be with you for the rest of my life, they're not, mm-hmm. right? Um, so just move in what you believe in at that moment. Right. But that um, also goes into things like premarital sex too, right? Like some people rush to be in relationships with other people and get married to people due to the fact that they want to be able to engage in what makes you a grown woman or man by having sex and then you go out you have sex and then you divorce because ultimately you never really want to be with this person but you wanted to experience what made everybody else seem more grown than you in that moment like there's so many factors that um go into divorce rates besides like just you know lack of communication and lack of commitment which is it's just interesting just to think of how people move yeah man the whole yeah so Divorce is that one thing. Yeah, right? yeah. Man, I was watching the show. <laughs> um, and they were like, so this, this individual could see through the future. And then he was like, oh, we're going to be together for 10 years. And it ends tragically. Mm. Um, and she was like, oh, like, if it ends tragically, like, why are we going to be together in the first place? He was like, isn't the nature of relationships... The nature of relationships is always going to end tragically. Mm. Rather than the death or breakup. I was like, wow, wow. That's, That's kind of wild because that puts it a lot more like, let's just experience each other in the way we can. So yeah. that's like kind of what, I, what I'm what i on right now where it's like, cool, if we're going to commit to monogamous, then cool. If we're going to commit uh, uh, in, in a polyamorous relationship, cool. If we're going to commit um, in a polyandrous relationship, cool. If we're going to commit to a polygamous relationship, cool. If we're going to commit to a relationship that we specifically write out and it doesn't have a name for it and cool like let's continuously like experience each other in that moment uh, mm. so I don't want the government one to be in that um, we can get civically uh, married and have all the tax breaks and the some more and like that's cool I don't think marriage solidifies a relationship or brings mm-hmm. a re- my relationships to another level right. I think if you're getting married or quote unquote right in ideal world if you're getting married you guys have already reached that next step. Hmm. It's just a symbol, which is what the marriage is. Right. So I would rather just live in that next step rather than like use a symbol to validate where we are. So yeah, I don't really, I don't really rock with marriage like that. Evidently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, boom. So like speaking of marriages and stuff, like what's your either wedding song or like your favorite love song? My favorite love song will always be Love by Music Soul Child. Mm. Like, I just, there's just something about the way he sings. There's just something about the the tone of his voice. Like, he, he really is in love mm. with love. Mm. Like, there's so many things he's trying to say, but he can't get those words out because, like, he doesn't know how to describe it with his feelings. Like, Love by Music Soul Child. That's the one. That's the one for me. What's the one for you? I don't have one. Like, I think um, Asylum by John Legend is, like, a fire song. Um, 
Yeah, man. I love John. John, John knows. John, John knows what he's doing, man. He does. Um, if is there anybody else at the top of my head? Uh, uh, that joint. Never too much. Never my too much. Yeah, my dude Lufa. Oh my gosh, mm. he's but a good no, one. I don't think there's that one song that's like ah, it's like so lovey. Yeah. Um, even. Uh, Steve Lacey got a song called In Inside, but it's like Inside. Mm-hmm. Um, like that song, like whenever it comes on, like I, I like I have to sing it. Like I have to sing it. Uh, but there's not, there's not that one song that that does it for me right now. Yeah. Um, but nah. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for good. Thanks for sending in your questions, guys. Yo, for real, for real, man. We appreciate it. Um, this conversation literally could not have happened without you guys' participation. Um, and I continue to encourage y'all to engage with us, right? Let us know how we can continue engaging with y'all. Because um, it's a community at the end of the day, you know? Right. We're not just talking here to hear the sound of our own voices again over a recording, you know? Right. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, man. Appreciate the engagement. For real, for real, for real. And like we say every week, each one reach one, teach one. We gonna keep this going on. This episode is sponsored by Mountain Movers US, moving you to a new beginning.